Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday morning service. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Uh, people around the world, everybody and their mama, are now a part of the Bond Sunday morning service, and I appreciate it. We, um, um, if you have any questions during the service, you, you can feel free to call in as it is happening at 1-800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-2663, or, and, and, or you can email, is it email? Church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town, any questions or comments, and it has to be about what we were talking about, you can't ask me about Martin Luther King Jr., <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Glad to see you guys. Uh, I want to talk about the kingdom of heaven and what that is. Um, I, know, I know we all have heard that the kingdom of heaven is inside of us and, and all that. We want to try and talk about what that really means and how do you know when you have entered into the kingdom of heaven. All right. But first, before I get into that, I like... Uh, to know that I'm having somewhat of an impact in the teaching here. So did anybody have a life this week? <laughs> Nobody had a life again. You guys are dead. Talk about being dead. You know, I wouldn't rely on the preacher all the time if I were you. You know, because, you know, the preacher's going to have a good life while you guys are waiting every Sunday to find out what he has to say. And so... <laughs> And so he has to think about it, right? <laughs> so I would try to start having a life Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday. Uh, I know you have something you want to say. Just from what you've been teaching us, um, I'm starting to really experience it and recognize it. Um, and this may sound weird to some people, but until you make that connection, then it won't. Um, Basically, my daughter's, my daughter's father and I, you know, I try to be, I'm, we're very peaceful at a peaceful place. So all these things that I tell him to do um, for his daughter, you know, he, he doesn't do it and that makes us at odds. So now I've ba- I backed up. I don't tell him anything then, you know, Good. by instruction. Yeah. So he's, now he's starting to do these things because uh, he wants to, you know, make friends with me. He wants to get back in the good graces with me. Um, and so I'm just, you know, last Sunday, he, we were all three together. He came to pick up my daughter. And so we were talking and being nice towards each other and everything. And I kept tapping my daughter like, look, he's trying to be my friend. So, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be nice. So uh, that was Sunday. Wednesday, I was laying on my bed. I wasn't thinking anything. I just had some time just to relax. So I was laying on my bed. And all of a sudden, all these thoughts and feelings started to come um, upon me. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I wanted to be with him and stuff like that. And I know that that's not what I want. And I was like, I just went here. I was like, shut up. Get out of here. Because <laughs> I know his spirit had, was coming in. Like, So you went in the room and told him to leave? No, I was in the room by myself. Oh. I was saying his spirit entered into my room. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I was just like, get out, shut up. You know, that little voice like, oh, you know, this would be good. You should get back with him. He's doing right. I'm like, <laughs> no. I literally had to go here. Shut up and get out of here. 
<laughs> and I was by myself, so I know, you know, that sounds weird, but it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but That's right. spirits in high places, principalities and spirits in high places. And I literally had a moment where I was like, his spirit entered in here. Because oh, yeah. He, I know, and he, you know, without us saying anything, you know, words, I know that at any time if I was to give in to his advances that he would, you know, we would be back in, in that same place. Were you married to him at one point? No. You never no. married. Oh, okay. But we just know, we known each other for a long time. Yeah. A long time. So You're absolutely right in that. We uh, our battle is a spiritual battle. It's a warfare all the time between good and evil. Right. Absolutely everything we do is a spiritual battle. And if people could see that, life would just change in ways that they could never, ever, ever imagine. And one thing that would change is that you would never, ever, but ever, never, never take anything personal because you would know that it's spiritual and that what's working through the person, they can't help themselves. It's not them, but it's this thing that works through them. And that way you wouldn't be able to take it personal. It is absolute spiritual, without a doubt. And the Bible talks about that. And the preachers preach about it, but no one can really tell you how to, to become aware of it. Wow. And that's what I like so much about coming here is that, um, you know, I was going to church all the time. And I literally can see that, you know, they teach me these words from the Bible and these scriptures and everything. But you have shown me really how to recognize it, how to apply yeah. it. And it makes me, like you said, have more compassion yeah. towards, you know, situations and just yeah. I'm just it's just so awesome that I can like in my meditation I'm so happy because I've been doing it and it's led me to read the Proverbs yes and I'm like what that's right and it's like I was like after I meditated I was like okay God what do you want me to know and I opened the Bible opened up the Proverbs 1 I did it three four days later and it did it again and yeah. I was like okay I'm supposed to read the Proverbs what happens is when you sit still and know God, you're, you're completely letting go. And when you let go, then in stillness, he can work through you. He can reveal things to you. He can guide your life. He can put you in the right place at the right time. He can give you the information that you need. But if you're, if you're not still enough where that can happen, you're out there on your own making all the wrong decisions. That's why it is so important to sit still. Are you doing it every day now? Um, I don't do it every day. Yeah. But... Now I'm prompted to more like before I would say, I can't, I'm too busy. Now I'm like, oh, I got to do it. I have to take, if I can only take like a few minutes. <laughs> That's right. I don't want to leave, you know, like before uh-huh. I would say, I don't have time and I would keep moving on. Now it's just like, it's, it edges me on like, do yeah. the meditation, do the meditation. <laughs> because I see the results and I see how much of a difference it makes throughout my whole day. Yeah. yeah. I cannot imagine living a life without prayer. You know, I don't, it's, it's a scary notion to know what that is like now, especially seeing what other people are going through as a result of not praying. You know, they'll do it off and on and sometime, or they'll do it while driving on the freeway, you know. And God, God said that we have to get up early in the morning and seek him, you know, early in the morning. And it is, uh, morning prayer is the most powerful time to pray because everything is really quiet you can really see yourself. You can, you know, see what's going on in those quiet moments. So it's important to stay with that. And that thing that's telling you um, you could do it later or that's not you telling you that. That's that spiritual battle, that warfare going on that we've been talking about. 
And it doesn't want you to be still because it knows that it cannot dwell in a house that is still, that is at peace. It has to leave. So it tries to convince you that you don't have time. Do it later. You're going to be late for work and all this kind of stuff. Make you wake up late. Yeah. Can't do it. That's the voice that you have to learn to uh, doubt. But before, when I wasn't doing it as much, it told me that. Now, I feel more of an urging to say, well, just stop. Do it while you're in the back. You know, just stop and just and do, do it. If you can just do a small amount of it. That's right. Um, or I'll find myself at any, if I miss it in the morning, I will find a time throughout the day to just stop. You got to do let it. Me get, let me get some of that good, you know, <laughs> some energy, that power. Yeah, you, you do know? get energy and you do get power. Yes. Absolutely. And it's natural energy and it's natural power. And it's not your power, but because the kingdom of heaven is inside of us, this starts to work through us for the good. Just like evil works through us too. This starts to work through us. And it is powerful. And it is natural. And you don't get tired. You can go through your whole day without, you know, tripping, for lack of a better word. (laughs) So stay with the prayer. That's a nice testimony. Absolutely. And just... And just watch yourself. If you could become the watcher of self, you're going to make it. Well, me and my girlfriends, and I'm going to stop making comments. We laugh all the time because I have made, through, you know, from you teaching me, I've told them, and now we're all aware of it. So um, when I'm doing it, they'll say, "Uh, you, you know. There's that little, and we laugh, and then we'll say, and then we'll do, we'll be in the midst of doing something, and I'm like, we're doing it like, look at your behavior. Look at you. Look at me. Laugh so hard. We have a good time laughing off of it. Yeah. But it's it's honestly, you know, it's a constant thing. And that's why I say meditate day and night because yeah. constantly it will knock you off that path. That's right. <laughs> God said that we should always pray. We should pray without ceasing. Right. And what it means is that you're just supposed to be in a state of awareness, you know, one mind with him. And when you're in that state, you're in prayer. You know, a lot of people think it's, it, it means that you're supposed to run up and down the street hooping and hollering. Oh, praise the Lord and all that kind of stuff. That's not it. It's a, it's a quiet stillness that we should live in. Right on. I love your attitude. <laughs> I really do. And you're right. The things that you used to get upset about is now funny to you. You can't believe that you were at that way, you know. But before, if someone pointed out, you want to kill them for pointing out, pointing out how bad you are. But it's not a big deal. Really not a big deal. Yes, sir. That's what I want to take on. What's your name? Prudence. Prudence. You know when you, when you were laying in bed and yet those thoughts come to your mind and you were able to see where they were coming from? See, most people don't see. Yeah. And that's the way you, you're being misled. Yeah, and literally being misled when you don't see, you see, and uh, but you were, you saw you saw where that where that, where the spirit came from, and you didn't fall into the trap of thinking, oh yes, now let's get back together again, and and blah, and so on and so forth. You see, but most people don't see it. That's and that's the problem. That is the problem. I once was blind, but now I see. <laughs> Me too, I heard that all my life. Yes. I once was blind, but now I see. Was lost, but now I'm found. And I had no idea what that meant. None at all. Yeah, I just thought, you know, I wasn't a Christian and now I am. That's what I was thinking. 
I didn't know it was something that you can live by. It's a way of living. And it is nice. Absolutely nice. Anybody else had a life? Yes. I had a neat experience at work. I, uh, I really messed up at work, a package. I misdelivered a package to an important customer. I was real tired. I was not paying attention. And uh, I was called into the office by the owner of the company. And um, while I was going to the office, uh, you know, I, had, I was watching the thoughts, and they were trying to get me to presume what was going to happen. Was I going to get fired? What, you know, it was just talking to me, trying to set me up to, um, you know, to, 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 like, judge the situation. So I just yeah. watched it, and it even made a couple of uh, uh, bad comments about the owner. So I just watched that, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is so amazing how we have this thing that lives in us, and it talks to us, and it causes us to make decisions before we can see what's going to happen. Yeah, if I you know, had... That'll mean boss. You right. know. And you get there, the boss is nice. Doesn't even think anything about it. But it, it does. It set up the whole thing. Yeah, and if it, if it just wanted me to react to it yeah. or to believe it, and then I would go in there all messed up. Yeah. That's all it was trying to do, just get me off of, you know, me, That's my right. center. So That's I just right. watched and I went in there and it was, you know, he had other office personnel there and I was like, <laughs> I walked in and everybody was there. <laughs> and I said, what happened? You know, Fabian, what happened? And I just told him flat out, I just messed up. I was really tired. I apologized. Yeah. And he was fine with it, you know, and he, he we were talking and he, he liked me and he offered me a job inside the office. See you there? Yeah. <laughs> so I've been working now. They're training me to become a dispatcher. Oh, so you, go, you took the job? Yeah. Wow! Yeah, great. That is I'm amazing. Off the road. That's great. Yeah, it was like, and I, I mean, really, it could and have that's been. the last thing in your mind that that thing you tell you going to happen. Yeah, it, I mean, it, wow. I mean, it turned out so nice. You yeah. Know? And I'm not full time in office, half, half. But the fact you got a job after making a mistake it's like great. that. It's great. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wow. So I'm like talking to customers now, calling, doing a lot of calls for customers and because he liked, you know, he liked my attitude and yeah. I, that was a real blessing. That's right. Wow. Well, congratulations on the job. Thank you. At least. <laughs> and for you to be dealing with people, that's another thing. A story within itself, huh? Just to get off the road is like, you know, it's wonderful. Yeah, he's know? been on the road for 40 20, years. 25 years. <laughs> 40 nights. Oh <laughs> It's, wow! Oh my God! Yeah, and so this has given me a little bit more income to start my business too, and more yeah. energy because driving on the road all full time in the city—that's pretty tiring. Yeah, that's a rough life. Yeah, better for an old man. Yeah. Even <laughs> 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 like he had second thought about the age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great, man. That's why we have to wait and see. You know, don't pre-plan. Wait and see. And it always turns out well if you wait and see. But if you go with the planning in your imagination, you're going to set it up to fail. You're going to create another situation for yourself. But that thing doesn't want you to wait and see. It, it doesn't like that at all. It can't survive if you wait and see. It has to go. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. Wow. I'm glad two people had a life. <laughs> or three this week. I had a good one, too. Anybody else? Okay. Um, I was in Washington, D.C. this week, as I told you guys earlier. 
uh, we're trying to get a bill passed to defund Planned Parenthood because uh, 70 to 80 percent of their abortion clinics are in the black community. And uh, they're making, they get something like 30 million, I think, 300 million a year in tax dollars to perform abortions. And so many young ladies are being destroyed, you know, uh, babies are, are dying. And so we're trying to get something done about that. Talking about a spiritual issue, this is a spiritual issue. I mean, kids don't even have a chance to have a life. And uh, so we held a press conference there, and we met with some of the politicians, getting them to support this thing for us, to stop defunding them. I mean, stop funding them. And don't even take their money, because they give out a lot of money to the politicians to support them, you know, in order to get their support. So we're asking them not to take the money. And it's hard for people not to take money. But uh, I believe that if we can really keep going with this thing, and especially if black people, I realize while being in Washington, D.C., that if black people get involved, we can change America overnight. We can change all the things that are wrong. We can absolutely turn them around. I even had some uh, the politicians say that, you know, like, wow, it's good to see black people fighting for these things. Because if blacks were to get involved, a lot of this stuff would end. Their black Americans are being used, you know, for to destroy the values of our country. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You say the tax dollars are paying for abortion? Yes. Yeah, they get $300 million in our taxes to, uh, to run their operation. So we are paying them to kill our children. Yes. Isn't that amazing? That yes. is so yeah, dumb. Yes. Yes. We are paying them to kill our children in the tune of $300 million. Well, if I can add, we are, that, forced, we are forced to pay. We're not forced. We just don't do anything about it. Well. No. We don't, if we, we stood are, we up, are, we if we stood up, the government can't, won't take it. You're right. That's why. But if we say we're forced, it feels like we have no other choice. But we do have a choice. Yes. We just have to get out there and do something. And stop just complaining, but it's we the people, you know? The power's in the people. Power to the people. Yes. And we have to get out there and just do something. And then a change will start to come. But if you feel forced, then you feel helpless. Yeah, you're and, right. And that's how a lot of people feel in life. They feel helpless because they feel forced, like they have no other choice. You always have a choice. Always in yes, everything sir. you do. There's no such, especially if you believe in God. There's no such thing as not having a, a choice. You have a choice. And, and the government is going to do what we allow it to do. Yes. And if you are born again of God, you know that you have a choice. You know that you have greater power inside of you, you know, than the government or anybody or anything else. So we do have a choice. We don't have to give it to them. Three, uh, $30 million of our tax money doesn't have to go to killing our children. That's evil. Yes, it is. It's evil. That should not be happening. Yes. We wouldn't pay the KKK $300 million to hang black folks on the, on the tree, would we? Right. They might be paying that too, under the table. Oh, Isaac. <laughs> 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 they might be paying them under the table. Because black Americans have been used to uh, destroy the values of this country. For example, with the, the abortion thing, they now say, well, 
we have a right to our bodies. We have a right to kill our children, just as black people had a right in the civil rights movement. They use it. This is a civil rights issue. Or gay people saying we have a right to get married. You know, black people this and black people that. And, and whatever they want to do, they come in and use us as an excuse to get it across. And we sit back and say nothing about it. Because we think they love us because they're using us. And so I'm saying that if black Americans stood up and say, no, you can't put us in that category, this is wrong, then they can't use us and things will start to change. Absolutely will start to change. But we can't, you know, that's why I say that most blacks, not all, not all, not all, but most black Americans are suffering not because of racism, but the lack of moral character, the lack of values. And values are the most important. It's a light unto your feet. If you don't have character, you have nothing. You're walking in the darkness. And so most black people are allowing it to happen because they can't see what's going on. They think that just because these folks use them, they care about them, and they really don't. And whenever somebody want to use you, they're going to say something nice about you anyway. You know, oh, you're so wonderful. I really like you. You're so pretty. Guys say it to women all the time. You are so pretty. You're so fine. And as soon as they get what they want, they're gone. Because they, they lie to you, make you feel good. Or if you don't give it to them, then they say you're mean. You're dirty. You're a mean person. You get mad, you still have to give it to them. And so they're stroking the ego of black Americans in order to, to tear down this country. But if we say no more to that, it'll turn around. The worst thing that is happening to Planned Parenthood right now is that black folks are out there protesting. And there were a whole lot of us out there this week. And that is the worst thing. As a matter of fact, they start running commercials in the Planned Parenthood, start running commercials in the inner city saying, we're providing health care to black folks. And I'm like, what is healthy about killing children? What is healthy about killing children inside a woman's womb? That's not health care. But this is the worst thing that could be happening to them, is for us to stand up and say no more. Did you have your hair, Pat? No. You didn't have it. You just changed it. Oh, okay. So we were in D.C. fighting for this, and we got to stand up and fight for what is right. Believe me, we got to stand up and fight it. There's a battle going on between good and evil, and there are those folks out there who are on the side of evil, and there are those who are on the side of good. And good is working through some, and evil is working through some. It's not personal. And we got to stand up and, and speak up, and especially with men. Men are so weak, it is absolutely... I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't, you feel sorry for them, yeah, they're weak, you know, you look at TV and it's just pitiful the things that they allow themselves to go through, I mean, play a, you know, I see a lot of men playing weak roles on TV, and I, there's not enough money in the world for me to do that, really, I just would not do that, but these guys are doing it. And I'm thinking the next generation of children are going to see women as being strong and men as being weak because that's what they're hearing and seeing all the time. And the men are allowing it to happen. They're just allowing it to happen. And there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than a weak, poor, pitiful, pathetic man. There's nothing worse than that. Nothing worse than that. Isn't that right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, tying in with what you're saying, 
um, this week when I was at this healing ministry place. It was a hotel, so I sat there and waited for a friend to get there, and I talked to the waiter, and he just had such a genuine, fine, masculine way about him. And um, he was, we were talking, and I don't know how we get talking there for a minute, and he said that he opened the door for, one, for a couple. This gal came through the door with a, or whoever was with her, the man, and he said she gave him such a look, like, well, you know, and then the man also, instead of doing the right thing for the woman, went along with the same attitude, and, and uh, <laughs> it's just... It's, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. You know, I... I, I I flipped on the TV the other day and I heard a bunch of women talking about God. You know, it was on a talk show and they were talking about God. And it was so watered down and so mushy and so emotional. I'm like, wow. And, and you know, I'm looking at the audience and men and women applauding and going on. There was no power in it at all. And I'm thinking that this is what's happening as men are letting go and allowing this type of thing to come forth, everything is becoming soft and weak. There's nothing strong about it at all. And so it is so bad now that religion itself, Christianity, is like a soft religion. Who wants that, you know? There's nothing secure about it at all. Christianity. You know, there's nothing like... Uh, Christianity used to be a powerful yeah, thing. But it's weak. When you read the Bible, yes, there's, there's nothing like mushy and soft in it. And, and just, but now, as women are taking over Christianity, it's just becoming watered down and soft. And why would anybody be attracted to that? Then these women just sitting there, yeah. And so I was thinking, yeah. And I just, yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and, and another thing I noticed is that they don't point out anything that's wrong. There, there's no, like, disagreement with each other at all. You know, there's no right or wrong. It's everybody just, just get along and love the Lord and love one another. It's just soft stuff. And, and I'm thinking Satan must be sitting down there or wherever he is thinking, wow, this is cool. I have tricked them in every way possible. Because Satan made a promise that he's going to deceive every man, woman, and child. And as religion is being watered down, it's happening. Religion is a power and authority and, and, and life and, and all those good things. But it's not happening. I was sitting at the table in D.C. having lunch. And I was sitting with a bunch of other preachers, and including some women preachers too. And this guy was telling me about his life. He was saying, well, you know, I'm married. I'm, I'm uh, homeschooling my kids. They're doing very well. And my wife is an excellent homeschool teacher. And, you know, going on. And it sounds so nice. And I, so I finally asked him, I said, it was a black man. I said, are you married to a, a black woman or a white woman? And this lady sitting there, why would you ask that question? You shouldn't ask that. I said, look, I didn't ask you. I'm asking this man. And, and the guy said, yeah, that's an excellent question. He said, no one had ever asked me that before, but it was a good question. And I told him the reason I asked that because I don't hear of too many relationships with two black men and a, and a woman are married, and they are working together like that. You know, it's a battle most of the time. 
And for them to be in harmony like that is abnormal in today's society. And he said, no, it's a great question. And he said his wife was black, but he understood why I asked the question. But this woman is freaking. And so I asked her the question. And my point to that, the average man would have cowered down once this lady jumped in and said, why are you asking that question? But I was ready for her. I was so ready. And not with meanness, but I don't have that fear of telling women the truth anymore. And men have a fear of being honest with women. They, have a, they don't know how to handle that anger that's going to come out. So they cower down. But that's not love. When you're afraid to tell the woman the truth, you don't love her. We've got to stand up. The world is falling apart. We've got to stand up, men and women together, for righteousness sake. You have your hand, Carson? Yeah, I'm just um, going probably over what you just said. I thought of the same thing last week, or two weeks ago. I said, where's Christianity? Yeah. I said, I, said, I think y'all better get the Holy Spirit. I said, because Christianity don't play it out. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even recognize it, it anymore. It, that's what I said. I said, and you're talking about the same thing. And I said, now this is really something you're speaking on the same. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad. And it's because men are afraid to be a man. You know, he's afraid to be masculine. He's afraid to even talk about being a man. You know, especially in the presence of women. They're afraid to be it. And there's nothing greater than being a man. Just like there's nothing greater than being a woman. But there's nothing. We need masculinity in order to bring feminism in, in order. You know, bring it to the because they both work together for the good. But men are afraid to be men. Absolutely afraid to be men. Well, I'm looking at the I, women I as think, well. I, uh, uh, the women are taking Christianity very weak. Yeah. But I, I expect that from the women. You know, because women need a man. You know, they need a strong man to guide them. And if that man is not there to guide them, you expect this emotion to come to the forefront and just water things down. So I can't really blame them, even though it's wrong. They, if we're lost, then they're lost. Just as if Christ was lost, then the men would be lost, right? We follow Christ as he's following God. The woman follow us as we follow Christ. And so if the men are weak, they leave it open for the women to usher in all these things. Same way in the home. If he's weak in his home, he leaves it open for the woman to just come in and destroy the kid. Make the boys soft, the girls angry, intimidate. And they can't help it. Even if they didn't want to do it, they couldn't help it. Because the head is out of order. He's weak. But men are pathetic. It's no wonder so many women are getting married. I mean, like in general. Yeah, I, I look, hey, I said the same thing. Like I said, hey, I said, hey. <laughs> huh? You don't have one yet? No, I said, I, I, if I never have a man, I'm not going to like a woman. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of women are turning that way because they hate weak men. And when you hate weak men, you know, you become God, light one. Sad. You become like a weak man. It's a spiritual thing, it's though. Sad. It is spiritual. Absolute spiritual. That's why we must be born again. So that we can see what's going on. All that stuff, man, too. Two men jumping on the broom. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's all right. I just don't believe this. But I blame men. I absolutely blame men. You got to put it on the man first because it is his responsibility to lead the way. It's his responsibility to lead the way. If, when you read the scriptures, you see the power of men in operation. And you see what happens to those who are weak. They are wiped out, they got rid of. 
but it's the power of the man that take, makes society strong. That's what made this nation so great. Yeah. And speaking of that, I, um, I, I want to ask a question. Just. Okay. Remind me to tell you something about YouTube here in a minute. Yes. Did anybody see 2020 Friday? <clears throat> Wasn't that something? Yeah. Huh? I saw the end of it. And that was a good point. On 2020, this past Friday, they were showing uh, Barbara Waters did interview yeah. mothers who children are saying that they're, they feel like a boy mm-hmm. if it's a girl or they feel like a girl if it's a boy, right? And yes. these are like little kids. Yes. And so, what the mo- and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I just had the flashback of the weak fathers that was involved in that, in that, in that oh, segment. And so what they're doing now, these little kids are like three and four and five. Am I right about that? The a little age? younger. Even younger. younger. Yeah. And they're saying they feel different than what they are physically, uh-huh. right? And the mothers are allowing them now to dress up in dresses, to uh, dress up as boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay. some of them, they want to, these little kids want to get their sex changed. Yes. From uh-huh. one to another. And the only thing that's stopping them is that they're too young to do it. The mothers are willing to do it. That's how bad it is. And the, and the worst thing about it, the fathers were sitting there just but pitifully he was crying. He was, he was just acting crying. like women and allowing this to happen. Yeah, yeah but it was just pitiful. She was, uh, the mother was secretly dressing her yeah. boy or girl as it, and the daddy didn't know anything about it. Amazing. And the one I saw, the father knew about it. And he was like, oh, I'm just so glad to see her. It was a little boy dressing up as a little girl. I'm glad to see her be herself. I'm like, this kid is not herself. And then when they go to school, they're being teased by the other children. And they're blaming the other children for teasing rather than saying, this is an abnormal situation. We need to deal with it, right? But, and they show a whole bunch of, I didn't realize it was that out of control. But they showed a whole bunch of little children, it's an organization of them now, that they're getting together and validating this for these little kids. Um, Jesse, isn't that part of the spiritual warfare? It is. It's It's got to be. It's still in the kids. For a little kid, how would they know? That's the question. That's right. These little babies, matter of fact, this mother was was twins, born a girl, and the, the girl... The boy wanted to be the girl. Yeah. He wanted the same toys the girls and everything. And to me, uh, if I can remember correctly, he became to be a girl. Right. He had two girls. Yeah. He started, well, he didn't have a sex change yet, but he Not started like dressing. Not too young, but. He would let him go to school and dress like a little right, girl. Right, dress like a girl. Isn't that amazing? And there's like a whole organization of these folks. With little kids. It's, it's not like they're an adult now. They're little kids, and the parents are saying okay to that. Uh-huh. But she tried to make him be a boy. <laughs> she was trying very hard, to, but she, she didn't get too And, I, and I, if you're sitting there and you're watching this thing, you know why they became that way. All you got to do is look at the parents, mm-hmm. and you can see why they're feeling <laughs> that way. Yeah, the mother's that. angry out in control because she has yeah. this weak, pathetic, Nothing of a man sitting there calling himself man, and while she's pregnant with this child inside her womb, all that anger is being passed out to the kids, and that's what's changing his spirit. That's all it is. 
even in the womb, when you're pregnant and angry, it is not good. I know a couple who they fought through the whole pregnancy. The mother was just angry, and, and the child came out retarded. Water, you know, water, big water brain head and all that kind of stuff. And I told them over and over and over and over again, stop the fighting because you're going to hurt the child. And the child came out messed up because the mother was angry through the whole pregnancy. And they don't realize the spiritual effect that that has on children inside the womb. Because when you have anger like that, you change the function of your body. You know, your blood pressure goes up. Your hemorrhoids goes up, and all kinds of stuff happens. <laughs> you change the way your body functions in anger. You get dizzy, everything. Notice the next time you become angry, the effect that it has on your physical. Uh, yeah, so imagine a child living in a body like that for nine months with an angry person. And, and yeah, they hear and feel spiritually everything. And so it's no wonder these kids are coming out feeling like a girl. They hate, or a boy, they, they hate mama while they're, you know, going through this thing inside the womb because it's spiritual. And you're changing the spirit of that child from a natural spirit to an unnatural spirit. But they think it's physical, so they want to cut off body parts thinking that's going to make a difference. It's not physical, it's spiritual. That's why God told us to be still, be calm, be patient, have compassion. Because we are affecting everything around us with this anger. And these kids are coming out feeling, spiritually feeling like a girl, even if they have a physical body. But it's because their spirit has been changed inside the mother's womb. And you can't change that by cutting off the body part. It's still going to be a boy. It's not going to change. But because the churches are not pointing these things out, and the uh, psychiatrists and those folks have no clue as to what's going on, now they're trying to make the world accept it. And if they don't, the world is racist or, or prejudiced. And you've got to accept wrong. Like that's going to make it better. But it's because Christianity is weak. It's been watered down. It's not about love. It's not about power and authority. It's about accepting everything that's wrong. And if you believe in God, that can change. You know, these kids don't have to live that way. But the fathers of you saw, did you see the father? Did you notice the fathers? You notice the fathers in there? They were so weak they looked gay. It was pitiful. And it's no wonder that these kids are coming out like that. I had no idea with that many out there in the world. Everything is going on. Yes, ma'am. Well, I when I saw it I thought that um, it was maybe possible that when the little boy was born, he wasn't a real tough little kid, you know. It was more of a weaker type of You wouldn't boy. be tough either coming out of that kind of hell. Right, but, and without a father, yeah. the influence of a father. Yeah. So instead of the father influencing the child and gently, you know, guiding him to be more masculine or whatever, the mother instead, she <coughs> just supported him yeah. 100%, yeah. like, well, if he likes it, you know, if he likes dresses and he likes dolls, well, then, you know, he needs to have that. And just pushed it on him. Yeah. And then the child felt comfortable with that, identified with that, and resented his own body. Yeah. It was, so, it was sad. It was sad. It was horrible. If you guys can go at some point, I think they put that stuff on the Internet later, right? You need to go see that. If that don't open your eyes... And make you love what's right, and I don't know what will. 
But it was. It was absolutely sad what has happened to these children. And now there's a support group for lots of these people. Yeah. There are support groups for everything that's wrong. Yes. You can't find a support group for what is right. But everything that's wrong, they got a group for it now. Isn't that amazing? Yes. But for what is right, you can't find a group. You get um, ridiculed, you know, if you speak against gays, you're gay bashed, and you'll get to the right thing. Another thing I noticed about that, too, and and this is this warfare between good and evil, when you're watching this program, they make it so emotional that if you're not conscious, you almost think that, oh, yeah, it'll make you want to, uh uh-huh, it'll make you want to accept it. Because they present it in a way where it almost looked like he was born that way. You know, he was just born. Like maybe it was a, I don't know, a birth defect or what. But it almost makes it look like there is a possibility that God created this child like this. And that we are just not accustomed to it. If you fall into a state of unconsciousness, into your emotion, you can find yourself almost accepting it. And then you got Barbara Water and oh. Oh, poor child. Oh, and the world is so cruel. Oh, and the kids are teasing you. Oh, and you're like, you know, you almost, you have to slap yourself and bring yourself back. (laughs) Because they have it set up where you, they have put you into a state of unconsciousness and make you accept it. Because they present it almost like you're just okay. Like maybe you are wrong about this. Really? That's how they present it. It is so cleverly done. The devil is very clever. He's not wise, but he's a clever guy, right? And so they present it in a way that it almost convinces you. You have to, you have to go take a drink real fast so you can relax. Did you have your hand again? Well, I was just <laughs> going to point out that Barbara Walters is like, oh, just... <laughs> It was horrible. Yeah. Just her way, you know, yeah. her supportive. Uh, That's right. If someone else had walked in that room at that time and said, Barbara Water, you should be ashamed, they would have shot that person. Yeah. <laughs> because they would have yeah. said that that's hatred. Yes. If anyone had walked in that room during that emotional moment and say, this is wrong, it would have been over yes. for them. Yes. Because I'm sure the world was just so in tune with that, especially with these little yes. kids. And the way they set it up and presented it, it looked almost, it'll make you doubt yourself if you don't yes. have a little sense going on. Uh, yes. A little of the Holy Spirit guiding you. <laughs> yes. It will make you want to doubt it. Isn't that amazing? Yes. And that's why God doesn't want us to be emotional. Compassion, but not emotions, Because the world will play on your emotion. And it will make you doubt right from wrong. It'll make you doubt yourself. But in stillness and compassion, you can't doubt. It's impossible. Let me take the young lady here, then here, and I'll come to you, John. Yes, ma'am. Um, I was wondering, how come they um, don't compare, like, being, like, feeling like a girl or a boy, feeling the opposite sex? Feeling like the opposite sex, how come they don't compare that to, like, child molesters or murderers? They have this feeling, too. How come they don't feel compassion for them? Very good. That's an excellent point. Those men and women who are attracted to young kids, I mean, how come God didn't make them that way? It's the same kind of spirit. Why not have compassion for that? Very good point. They choose what they want. They pick and choose. That's why they do that. If you notice, even in that, they're harder on men about that than they are women. You know, so they pick and choose. They know that is wrong. 
That's why they don't want anyone to come along to say that it's wrong. They don't want to be reminded that it's wrong. But my heart went out to those kids. Can you imagine having to live like that? Your parents have accepted that. And you're never going to be happy like that. I don't care if the whole world say, okay, let's vote. This is normal. You're never going to be happy because it's the wrong spirit. It's not a spirit of truth. It's not the right spirit. So even if the law says that it's okay, you're still going to be miserable. Those kids are not going to, they can cut off everything they got and attach whatever they want to it. They, their spirit still would be unhappy because it's the spirit that changes, not the physical. It's the spirit that brings happiness, not the physical. But very good point. Yes, sir. Well, they don't want men to be different than women. Yeah. So the, the drive is to create, to eliminate the difference between men and women. And Very good point. And genetics, if, there, if everything's genetic, there is no difference. Yeah. You can eliminate the, the differences and, and you can eliminate the laws in the Bible by saying it's genetic. That's it's right. not really a moral issue. Very good point. It's a, it's a, there is a hatred of masculinity. Men are hated. Masculinity is hated. Just as it was hated when Eve accepted the lie from the serpent. You know, she hated what her husband was all about. The same thing is now. They hate masculinity because it represents strength. It represents God. It represents love. It represents light. And they don't like that. And it's not them. It's this thing that's made a home inside of them. It's really not them. If they knew better, they would do better. They just can't see what they're doing. And that's why we have to shine some light on it and not be afraid. Because if we don't shine the light on it, it's going to get worse. These little kids' lives are being taken away from them. They're not going to have a life unless God intervenes in some kind of way. They cry out to God. Hopefully in their pain, they will. But we got to shine some light on this stuff. And let them call you whatever they want. And I mentioned it, and I get to you in a minute. I mentioned YouTube. Um, um, I was notified yesterday that they have me up on YouTube, right? And uh, somebody's like recording my radio shows, and they're putting it up on YouTube. And you can, you know, a picture, nice, nice picture. Thank you for the picture. Nice picture of me on there. Cause I don't normally like my pictures, but I like this one. And they have me saying, um, "I really, I'm thankful to be in America." And I thank God that, uh, oh, I said, it doesn't matter how I got here. You know, people complaining that, you know, slavery brought us here and slavery was a bad thing. I said, it doesn't matter how I got here. I said, thank God that the, the Arabs and the blacks sold us to the white folks and they brought us here. And I said, it was rough getting here, you know, on that boat. It was so crowded. Everybody jammed in. It's like riding on an airplane. You sit in the back instead of first class. I said, it was rough, but anytime you sacrifice for good, it's tough in the beginning. You know, you have to go through something in order to get it. And I said that I show my appreciation to those who came over here like that by living upright, loving my country, and treating people the way I like to be treated. You know, doing the right thing. That's how I show my appreciation. So I'd rather be here than to be in Africa. Because look what can be, you know, happening to me. And they put it on YouTube to make it look negative. And to me, it, it made sense. It looked good. Yeah. Uh-huh. They tried to make it look bad because they wrote this little thing about me. And then they made a little thing where I'm Stephen Fetchy. Whatever, you know. <laughs> you know who Stephen <laughs> Fetchy? No, no, what? Fetchy. Stephen Fetchy. What? Stephen Fetchy. <laughs> you know who that is? No. Like, yes, of all. <laughs> 
whenever the master said he has a headache, I got a headache too. Master. <laughs> and uh, they, they call it, for those that don't know, blacks who worked in the big house during those days were called Akatons and stuff like that. And the folks who worked out in the field were supposed to be the better people, right? So they say, I work in the big house. And well, I'm glad I made it from that field to the big house because it, <laughs> because the air conditioner is on in the big house. <laughs> There's no air out there in the field, believe me. <laughs> so if Steph and Fetch are going to end up in the big house with the air, so shall it be. And my whole point is, I love what's right more than anything else. More than I do my children, more than I do myself. I love what's right. And it was that truth that changed my life. So they could call me Stephen Fetchu or whatever. Put me on YouTube or iTube or an iPod. It's not going to make me stop standing for what is right. It's not going to make. My body may have to go through whatever it has to go through for what is right. But my spirit is at peace. And that's all important to me. And we got to come back to that. We used to know that. You know, we used to know that. So we got to come back to that. And let them, you know, Christ said that we should suffer for him, for what is right. And so they, I, I thought that was quite funny. I, I even showed it to Linnell, and, you know, she liked the first half, but she didn't like the stuff and fetch it part. But I was like cracking up, you know. <laughs> but because this stuff, call me whatever you want. Just call me. I am not moved by that anymore. I'm at peace within my spirit. I know what's right. And I love what's right. And loving what's right is far greater than loving the folks who are trying to attack me. They can call me or hating them. They can call me whatever they want. And that's why we got to stand up for these children that are being told that this stuff is right. This is not good for their spirit. We got to not be afraid to say that this is wrong and let them call your name. That's fine. They don't have any other power. They only have words of intimidation. And if you don't give it to words of intimidation, there's nothing that can stop you. That makes sense? Yes. This thing is out of control while these men are walking around here being weak. And it's the man's fault. It is the man's fault. Women are wrong for doing it, but it's the pole, pitiful, weak, pathetic man that is allowing it to happen. And God is going to, you're going to have to pay a price, but he's not going to get away with it. You're going to pay a price for it. Don't think that Christ came and wasted his time and, <laughs> and you refused to be a man and he's just going to say, okay, uh-uh. No. You're going to pay a price. Um, yes, sir. Well, I was going to say, you know, men are hated today mostly because they're, they represent a certain standard. And, yeah. And they're looked on now as a, uh, a nuisance. Yeah. A uh, something that the world really wants to get rid of. Yeah. I mean, really get rid of yeah. because because people who are really like against God and they're just they're into doing whatever they want to do. And men are the representation of the one who says no. That's they right. They don't want anyone saying no to whatever the, the you know the age they want to do. Very good point. Like if those fathers said no to their little girl, boys dressing up as girl, that wouldn't happen. I don't care what the mother says about it. No, we're going to work on this. We're going to get this, you know, we're not going to add to the problem. We're going to try to understand it so our children can have a chance. But they are afraid to say no to their wives because she's going to get them the blues. And she hates what he's all about, so she's going to destroy his children. 
masculinity is hated because of what it represents. It represents what is right. It's the light. It's the, it's the father that says no. You know, and that's where the correction of love come from. But we got to come back to it, folks. We got to come back. We're losing this battle. Well, it looked like we are. It is happening. All the and it's worse than what you can imagine. It's not a game. You got the media out there, and you got liberated women who are leading the way to destruction. And men and women who are on the side of good got to stand up and say no. If we say no, it'll start to change. Really, it'll start to change. They they will be mad. They'll yell. They'll scream. They'll take your money. But that's fine. Salvation is greater than money. All right. Yes, Susan. I'll come to you right after. I was just going to say, John went last night to a meeting, I think for Walter Moore, and he said it was mostly all old people in the audience. Yeah. And um, I was thinking, we were talking and thinking, what's going to happen when you know the old people die and the young people come up? There's so many of them are just crazy. They yeah. have... They don't even know it. Yeah, if the old people die out without passing down values to these children, it's over for America as we know it. We're going to become a third world country. It's over for them. Because, and it's too, it's too bad, too, because a lot of older people are afraid to pass the values down. They don't want to lose anything physical. They don't want to lose money or friendship or family. Yeah. And if yeah. you're afraid of losing something physical, you're not going to impact society for the good. If I have to stand alone, I will. Because I know I'm not alone. Christ is with me. And one thing I realized, and I was thinking about this from a, a debate that I had with <coughs> some black radio talk show hosts, and they were all complaining about what the white man is not doing for them. When the white people won't uh, uh, support us. They won't buy from us. And they were going on and on and complaining, right? And I was thinking, it's so sad because one thing about the kingdom of heaven within is that when you enter into the kingdom of heaven, you have the confidence to know, without even thinking about it, that all your needs are met. And your inward nature will not rely on an outer source. It, it doesn't rely on an outer source when you live in the kingdom of heaven. You, in a, in a, like a child, you rely on, without even thinking about it, because it's nothing that you think about. It just naturally happens that way. But you rely on your father naturally, inwardly, you rely on him. And so you don't have to be begging the white man or the black man and complaining about what somebody is giving you or not giving you. But if you haven't entered into that kingdom of heaven, your confidence is in the world and what you could get from it. You make people feel guilty and you want to control them. And, and I even noticed that even in running this organization, right now things are pretty because the economy and folks are a little nervous. Things are, are slow for us financially. I have to watch my staff and myself that we don't get caught up with what's going on out here and find ourselves out there trying to force people to give and all that kind of stuff. God has taken care of us for 19 years straight up. And it's because we have that confidence within without thinking about it that things are going to work out. And he said that the kingdom of heaven is like a little child. Let me read that to you real fast. Don't forget your question. I have to put my glasses on. It's something else when you get old, you need glasses, huh? <laughs> Reading glasses. I was shaving the other day, and I had to hold my skin like this. I was thinking, wow, I remember when my skin used to be so tight. 
Now you got to hold it in order to shave. <laughs> and then I see these wrinkle things right here. I'm like, where did those things come from? I used to not have those things. You don't want to get old. I'm glad I don't have any more anger inside of me. That way, the old age thing stopped at some point. <laughs> now it's happening gradually and all that. So get rid of your anger so you don't get old and wrinkled so fast. All right. I don't know why. Oh, because of the glasses. It says that the kingdom, of, uh, the, the door to this glorious kingdom is the child thought. And only those who become as little children can pass through this pearly gate. A man in this state of consciousness is, is rich in hidden treasures. And there are many mysteries which are not divulged to the worldly wise. And so, did you guys understand it? Yeah. And so my point is, is when you enter into this kingdom, you become as a little child. Not worried about anything because your father would take care of you. And I'm telling you, it is so real, it's not even funny. And so my point is, with black folks and these people who are complaining about what somebody else won't do for you, if you were truly one with your spiritual father, if you were born again, you would have the confidence that things would be fine. You wouldn't worry. Now, that doesn't mean you don't go out and work hard and do what you have to do, but you don't beg and worry and blame. You cannot do it because your father would take care of you. And everything that we need is already with us. It's in that kingdom, and the Father owns everything. So as the world is running scared and falling apart, and you know, folks are saying the economy is bad, and we, you know, they're tripping, we can stay calm and go through it in the right way. But the problem is, because they're separated from the kingdom of God, they're wasting their life. They're wasting their money. They get money instead of saving it. They buy a, 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 a Cadillac and move into an apartment. You know what I'm saying? Or they don't have a saving account. You know, because when you're worldly, unwise, you waste your money on everything and you end up with nothing. So when, when things are bad, the storm comes, you, you cry out, where's the white man? The white man is supposed to help us. Like, like the disciples did in the, in, with Jesus when they were on the boat. You know, instead of them being calm, they were all like, when they were up drinking wine and having a party, oh, we love you, Jesus. Right on, you know, you're the man. And so Jesus takes a nap, and they all still sitting up drinking. The flood come, or the storm come and shake the boat. And because they have not built their kingdom from within, they like, Jesus, wake up. Help us. You're supposed to buy an ad from us. You know, you're the man. And Jesus gets up and says, you know, you guys should be ashamed of yourself. Why are you acting this way? You have the same power within yourself. You can tell this water to be still. But if you don't enter into the kingdom and become as a child, then your, your world is messed up. Absolutely messed up. And black Americans don't have that now. They used to have it, but they don't have it. These parents who are allowing their boys to dress up as girls don't have that. They have not entered into the kingdom of and they're not comfortable. They don't have that peace. They don't have the confidence that, uh, um, oh, I just thought about something I got to say. One thing that happens to you when you enter into the kingdom, you know, the Bible says that it come, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right there, right? Because I hear some people say, oh, it takes forever. It's a growing process. You know, you've heard that before, right? Yeah, 
Why haven't it taken you 50 years to find God? Oh, it's a growing process, right? It's at hand. It's just like that. What happens is when you enter into the kingdom of heaven, you awaken consciously. You become aware of God's mind, his thoughts and his ways. You wake up just like that. Some of you have said that when you sat and you were still in your prayer, all of a sudden you can see right away, right? Well, that is the consciousness of God. And in that conscious state, all things are possible. There is no worry. There is no fear. There is no blame. There is no doubt. There is no anger in that consciousness. It's right there, right at hand. And when you hear folks whining and begging and blaming the white man and, and saying that this is that and all that, they are worldly people. They have wisdom of the world, which is nothing. His world, worldly wisdom is fake. There's no confidence in it at all. It's a setup. It's an it's a, um, uh, imitator. It's false. But when you enter into the kingdom of God, you're not going to enter in until you can know that you're wrong. You can admit it. Like kids who can say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Then they, they, That's how we have to be with the Father. When we're wrong, we're wrong. No excuses, no makeup. You have to be like a little child. Forgive, I'm sorry. And you can enter in just like that. And that's what needs to happen. We need a revival here in this country. We need to bring back that old time religion. The religion that told the truth, that point the way, didn't cater to the lie, that let you know if you were a sinner or not, and say, no, this is wrong. Because that's what your consciousness would do, it let you know when you're wrong. And so the kingdom of heaven is like that. And once you enter in, it's like a, a mustard seed, you know, that eventually grow into a major life. You start to grow into that, and you become powerful and, and loving and compassionate and all your needs are met along the way and things are happening that the physical eyes say look you're not going to make it look at the world around you tripping out and you can if you're not country you go oh yeah you know you start blaming but if you're wise and you can see you're like a little kid living in the kingdom you you let the world go insane and you take one step at a time and you look around you're doing fine you save your money you invest your money you you know, your kids are still happy while all the other kids are tripping out. But if you don't have that kingdom, you're not living from within, you're going to freak out. You've got to go in and grow. That make sense? Yes. All right, I'm done with that. Yes, ma'am. trusted in my mom. Once my mom passed, it showed me how much I trusted in her and not really in God. Yeah. Um, that I felt like I had the safety net. I could always run to her. Now that my mom's gone, I and I fall into a place of trial, I have I really trusted in God. So um, I'm starting a business and um, I gave uh, a notice to leave the business where I am. I uh, gave them a 30-day notice without having the room ready where I'm going. It's, it's all kind of stuff piled in there. But um, I was like, I have to, my tr- for, in order for me to prove that, God, I really trust in you, I have to do it when the place is not ready. Did it, gave my 30-day notice, shaking in my boots, getting happy, and then scared, and back and forth. And, and within one week, God uh, sent me a check in the mail for $1,000. 
And I was like, what? I told my sister, open it up. Make sure it's real. <laughs> she was like, I did. That's why I'm calling you. And that, that just proved to me that, like, because I put, and, and, you know, we call it faith. But because I was like, God, I'm really trusting you. I need to, this is going to help me grow in all these things that you want for me. And when I did it. God is just, then my client, I told her, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to um, move my business to my back house. And, yeah. You know, because I want to grow and I want to be the thing that God wants me to be and show my daughter, blah, blah, blah. Telling her my story. And she said, are you taking investors? And I was like, wow, I never thought of that. I never thought to ask anybody for any money. She said, because I'm going to invest $1,000. Yeah, things work out. I'm like, I'm, wow. You don't have to, in the kingdom of heaven, within the kingdom of heaven, you don't have to worry about your physical life. Now, that doesn't mean, because, oh, let me tell you why. I started to, that doesn't mean you don't have But when you're in the kingdom of heaven, your mindset is different. And that causes your needs to be different. You don't have the same kind of needs or the urgency for it. You can take it or leave it, right? And so if your mindset is different and your needs are different, you have the time and the patience to build a life. You don't waste a life. You build a life. And it's fun building this life. But if your mindset is below or you're not one mind with him, then you're in a hurry because your ego is at work and you're wasting a whole life. That's why God said we have to become one mind with him so that we can be the observer of life and not the creator. We're supposed to observe it and let him create it. But we're try- in your fallen state, you're trying to create a life and it's never, ever, ever going to bring you peace. And Satan got you convinced. The lie has convinced you that you could create this life. You know, get more money. Get a bigger house. Get a, the right kind of husband or wife. Get this and get that. It's a setup. We know not what we want. It's an absolute setup. We must enter into the kingdom of heaven within. And it happens just like that. Now, I know for some people it's tough. It's taken a long time and blah, 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 right? But that's only because you you keep allowing your ego to rule. And you don't know your ego is ruling. You think it's you because it sounds like you, it walks like you, and you think it's you. But that's the not you that convinces you that this is the right path to take. You've got to stop listening to that and be aware of it. And that's all you need to do. But you got in the kingdom of heaven, everything that we want, everything. And it's interesting, too, because everything that's in us, it's nothing like what it seems out here it's just nothing you can't even imagine it it's nothing like what you think yet it's powerful it's compassionate it's heaven heavenly it's there's no form or shape to it it just is and you just live it and um, that's why I say you have to become an observer rather than a wordy person you know you observe life Uh, God said be slow to speak and quick to hear. If you can observe and shut your mouth, you'll be fine. Just watch. <laughs> shut, you know, shut up and listen. And just watch. And it's going to blow your afro off. Really. It'll blow your fro. If you don't have a fro, you'll get one. You really will. I, uh, I have some questions over here. I forgot who had their hand a while back. I wanted to ask a question. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, you love talking about the men, huh? <laughs> Women can talk all day about how bad men are. <laughs> and she well, tell me way back, young. Well, I, you know, I just thought about some things because 
I have a preschool, and um, some fathers do come in. And uh, I, okay, I know they got. They said they got that from the jail when they went to juvenile hall or jail when they pants where they underwears can be shown. First of all, how can a father be a father, a strong father, when he's having a son and the son, uh, the father's wearing pants down there and the son's going to look at the daddy and, well, well, my daddy's wearing pants on his behind and showing his underwear. Why can't I do it? So how can we... Tell the truth. When you run into the situation, be honest about I just, it. I suppose you pass up. Yeah, just be honest. Because what, what we need to realize, you know, just as there were a time, there was a time where we couldn't see, they can't see either. That's what it is. They just can't see. They're, they're in a fallen state of uh, awareness. They don't have the mindset of God. So what they're doing seem right. You know, it seemed right to rebel against the system or to rebel against what is right. It feels right and it seems right, even though privately they're very unhappy about it. So when people who can see comes along, come along, you should be able to just speak the truth about it, you know, and not not necessarily attack the clothes per se, but try to see what's going on in the hearts. Yeah. You know, because if you can change the heart, the physical will come to order. But a lot of people make the mistakes and they attack the person. You know, you're just a thug and, you know, you're this. And their ego is going to rebel against that. But if you can allow God to show you how to deal with the person, then the change will come. Well, they never said it's the style. And I want to take it a little further. As we, that we, you said earlier that. Black people can change a lot of things, and we can. Yes. Um, the Mexicans wear their pants, and every now and then I see a couple of Caucasian wearing their pants the same way. Because the fathers are weak. Yeah. That's why. The men are weak. So, uh, we got to bring men back to their proper role. And that is to be the light unto the world. And that's why we got to enter into the kingdom, so we can, with compassion and insight, point the right way to people. It doesn't help when you attack the person. Yeah. Really, you just turn them off. Because they can't help, they don't see. I remember when I was in the darkness and could not see. And I'm in a mess, just doing everything. You name it, I've done it. Because I couldn't see it. I was just going from bad to worse, right? But now that I can see, my pathway is different. I can see now. And so I understand that these people can't see. Black Americans cannot see what's going on. They they. Are, they're in a fallen state, and there are people out there who are helping them to stay in that state of mind. White folks are afraid to wake them up, and the ones who are keeping them in that state of mind will not wake them up because it's bad for business. You know, you, know, you wake the folks up, you can't control them. Yeah. Why you guys buy everything that, and I said to white men, I'm sorry, the white men put on the market. I said, why these pants? I said, this don't look like men pants, pants, feminine pants. Designers on this, designers on that. <laughs> I said, "Oh my lord, but, where are we going?" Yeah, but you can't blame the white man. If I can make the pants, I'll make them and sell them to him too, <laughs> <laughs> and take the money and use it for the good. You know, feed my family. You know, 
but but it's, it's just a fallen state of consciousness. You know, they fall away from insight, from God, from wisdom, and they don't see what's going on. Yes. That where they see the person with the pants down, and you know, I was walking into a gas station the other day. And what I noticed the major thing going on is is there's this huge like it's almost like they put a red light on their body, saying "judge me," but but they're not yeah. saying it. But the devil is saying yeah, "judge exactly. me," and it's like a big trap. And it's like, and I was watching myself because everything in me wanted to just you know go through the whole judgment process with yes. this person, and I just resisted it because I knew it was just. It was beyond them. It was it was evil trying to suck me down. That's right. Very good point. If you notice, Satan is uh, the deceiver is always trying to get you to judge. You walk out and you look at these guys in these baggy pants. Right away, you judge them, and the moment you judge them, then you can't see how to help them. And this thing is always screaming out right away to judge. I have one of my desires is to be able to see things and see the life in it before I judge it, right? And so I've been wanting this. I, I have this desire. I walked into someone's home the other day, and I walk in, and I saw these beautiful flowers. And I wasn't thinking, I wasn't consciously thinking of this at the time, but I know that's what I want. I saw the beauty of the flower before the word can tell me what, it, what they were, right? And so I saw the beauty of the flower. It was alive, and I realized everything has life in it. But, and then as soon as the, the thought said flower, then the beauty faded away, and it just became a flower to me. And I'm like, wow, that is something else. That blew my mind. And, and, and I wasn't expecting it. I didn't walk in there thinking, I'm going to see some pretty flowers, right? But I saw the, the life of the flower before the word came. <laughs> and when the word came, it said flower. The life faded away and it became just another flower. It's the same flower, but I couldn't see the life in the flower. And that's why I say it's so important to become the observer so we can see the life in the life before we see the word in the life. You got to see the life in life. Everything is alive. But we don't see it because the word is always there to cut off the life so you don't see it. And these people with baggy pants and prostitutes on the corner, homosexuals and flowers and rocks and stones, they all have life. But we don't see it because we have been trained to judge right away. And that's why we can't see it. You gotta, well, that's why you got to become the observer so you don't give it to the word, you give it to the life, the beauty of it. Isn't that amazing? I was like blown away. I'm like, you're right on. It's happening. He's giving me my heart desire. Uh, and it just blew my mind to see that. So now I'm hoping it happens again. <laughs> the ego is the thinking pattern. You know, it may, your thought will come in and make you feel that you're going to be embarrassed. And because you can't feel if you don't give it to the thoughts. So you think, feel, and then you act out or you cower down. So if you can become the observer of the not you, which is the ego you're talking to you, then you'll be able to do what you need to do. Rise up in consciousness, one mind with God, and you're on your way. You're ready for a battle. You're ready for the battle. Take it from me. I'm telling you, this is happening. And no man is teaching me this. I am discovering this as I live it. Because you guys don't come here and teach me. You guys act like you don't even have a life during the week. I can't wait to get here to learn from you. And I was like, anybody had a life? You had your hand. Okay. I wanted to comment a little bit on 
what this lady was saying over here, I'm politically correct. It, it, it seems that, um, you know, we can, we can come here, and I think most of us would agree on what we're hearing here as to the proper way we should live our lives and this type of thing. Yes. But we're, we're bucking our heads against this whole politically correct establishment here, right. which is society, and we can change it if we do, yes. but we really don't have a way of kind of organized, let's say, to go at it. We can look at our parties like Republicans and Democrats, and as soon as the Republicans got in, they said did the same things the Democrats yeah. did, the same problems. And uh, it, it, it's kind of ongoing now. And it's, it's difficult to try to figure out where can we go, because individually we have to start with ourselves as individuals, but our power will come from people, from associations with uh, with good organizations, let's yes. put it that way. And it's hard to find out what those are. Very good point. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if you seek first the kingdom of God in his right way, let that be first. He will open up doors that you ne- can never imagine. Uh, you won't, yes, we are greater in numbers, of course, but you're also greater as one when you have him guiding you. And nothing is impossible. But if you look at it in an emotional way or worldly way, it'll make you doubt. And like it'll look too big to change, to deal with, right? But if when you read the, read the Bible, those men back in those days, they changed the world and sometimes they were alone doing it. They didn't have a crowd, right? Well, we have that same power within us now. But we got to be born again so we can see and have the confidence that is there and he will guide you in how to do it. Don't worry about that part. But you're right. It looked like a big mountain. It looked like a big hill when you're on your own. But I'm telling you, it's nothing when you're guided in what to do. Don't let that be first. Let seeking the kingdom and his right way be first. And he will prepare the way for you. Remember that guy with the slingshot that killed the giant? I bet you David never imagined. How am I going to kill this big old guy? And I'm so little, right? You know, I got to call up everybody. I call the organization. We got to organize and bring this guy out. But he did it with one little slingshot thing. You have the same power. Christ said, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. He also said, greater work shall we do than what he did. Isn't that amazing? So where is that greater work? That's what we should be looking for. And we can do it. Don't worry about that. If I thought that way, I would not be standing here today. Believe me, don't, I see what's right and let him guide me. I got to give this young man the last word because he's been waiting a long time and we are out of time. We literally have three minutes left. Uh, my guy have shut me down already. Yes. You know, I forgot my better point, but I was just going to say off of David, um, for all of us, that was a big deal. Yeah. He slew Goliath. But like he told the king before he slew him, I, I took down a bear. A bear can kill this guy. I, I killed a bear. You know, what's, what's the big deal? Let me get out there and take him out. That's right. That's right. We, got, we have the power to do it. We do. But don't look at it with worldly wisdom. Because, you know, we use the term politically correct, but it's really spirit to spirit, good versus evil. Now, if you, if you call it politically correct, it's going to limit the power that you have in yourself because you won't see the reality of what's going on. But it's a spirit. It's good versus evil. And so good will come through you and conquer. It will win. But you got to rise to one mind with God. All right? That makes sense? Yes, sir.
Yeah. And, and that's what he wants us to do. Three minutes. Uh, about the kingdom, Jesus said, And the kingdom of heaven is within you. And whosoever shall know himself shall find it. Strive, therefore, to know yourselves, and ye shall be aware that ye are the sons of the Father. And ye shall know that ye are in the city of God, and ye, you are the city. So when you get to know yourself, you will know that you are a son of God, and you will know that you're in the city of God within, and that everything can be done. All things are possible. There is no fear, no doubt, no worry. Isn't that amazing? And so, and, but you got to let go and let God. It's not of yourself you can do it. It is a spiritual battle. A spiritual battle. That's why I encourage you to be still and know him. That's funny. I couldn't even think of David's name. I'm like, that guy in the Bible that shot. And the preacher's supposed to know that, doesn't he? I, I couldn't even think of David's name. That's why I say be still and know him. Uh, I have a, a CD on my website there called Be Still and Know. And you can order a copy of that. Just go to my website and give it a try for a week. If you don't like it, burn it, trash it, give it away, scream at it. But if you're sincere about seeking first the kingdom of God in his right way, you got to calm down and let it work through you. And it will. It's nothing like what your mind can imagine. We have the seven guaranteed steps there. Uh, we need your tithing and offering your donation in order to continue what we're doing here. There's, I don't, I'm not aware of anyone else, maybe one other person on earth who are doing what we are doing. And that is revealing the lie so you can see the truth. The power is within you. It's not about the physical. It's about the spirit. It's not about being male or female. It's about the spirit, the spirit of God working through us. And believe me, folks, it is there. I'm not an educated man. I am discovering this as I am seeking God, knowing myself, realizing of myself I know nothing. So I encourage you to do the same thing. Again, visit my website at bondinfo.org. That's right bondinfo.org or call our order line. We need your support at 1-800-411-2663. 1-800-411-BOND. Also, if you have any questions or comment about today's message, you can email me, church at bondinfo.org. Church at bondinfo.org. Put your name and town on there and um, I'll try to answer it next week. Also, tomorrow morning, this coming Monday, Tomorrow is the 30th of June. We're going live on the Justin Lee Peterson radio show at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time from 6 to 9 a.m. So tune in to the show as well. Thank you, and thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. <laughs>